Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Memoranda, a daily podcast by Gaia Legal designed to help entrepreneurs just like you create sustainable lives and businesses for themselves, their families, and their communities. In this podcast, we talk about three basic things. We talk about life, the law, and the earth, and what we can do to make a better world tomorrow, today. My name is Jackie, and I am the owner and attorney of Gaia Legal. I have a background in education reform, climate change litigation, and climate change policy advisement. I am a mom of two, and the reason I started this podcast was to just share the training and knowledge that I've accrued over the years with small business owners as sort of their own in-house counsel. I've had the privilege of working for some of the largest and most successful corporations and nonprofit organizations in this country, including McDonald's, Williams-Sonoma, Quest Diagnostics, Teach for America, Yes Prep Public Schools. And through those experiences, I have really gained a wealth of knowledge about what it means to run a business or what it means to be a franchisee. And so when I worked with all of these different corporations and organizations, I was able to see consistent indicators in every organization of what it took to run a successful business at that scale. So many of the people listening to this podcast, you may not have the aspiration to even grow your business to that scale. You may, but you may not. However, the principles of running a solid business with strong tax, legal, and financial insurance foundations runs true. Ideally, I want to keep these episodes under 20 minutes, ideally 10, but no guarantees. I just want you to get little snippets of information to get you thinking about new ways that you can shore up the foundations of your business, the legal tax, financial and insurance foundations of your business, but then also consider how can I really tap into the emotional needs of the people I'm serving, particularly as it relates to topics of education, environment, holistic wellness and spirituality. So today, I just want to just share generally about the vision and mission of the firm, what we do here, especially in connection with the UN Earth Day 2023, which was this past Saturday. So this past Saturday was UN Earth Day 2023, which is a day where people from all over the world pause to honor and recognize the earth, its beauty, and the need to steward her resources well. And so while really cliche, you know, we believe that every day should be Earth Day. However, we also recognize that it can be really difficult and it can be exhausting mentally, emotionally, physically to feel like we have to keep up with all of these things in order to honor the earth and to prevent the next level disaster that could be climate change and its effects on our local environments. And so we we capsule wardrobe. We try to eat local, sustainable foods. We try to make sure that we're using sustainable products. And it just feels like there's this never-ending list of things to do. And so we want to, at Gaia Legal, give you permission to just stop and be content with doing just one thing, just focusing on one thing, focusing on what you can do in your lane, in your family, in your business, and just feel good about doing the best you can given the circumstances. Because if we all can come together and just do the best we can and leave the rest up to the universe, I truly believe that the universe will arrange and take care of the rest if we're just coming in with a spirit of sustainability and honoring the resources that we have. So with that said, at our law firm, Gaia Legal, we work closely with people concerned with issues of stewardship of our physical resources, and we support our community members in always knowing exactly what they have, where they have it, and how they're using it to serve others in a way that does the least harm. 
we believe that this single action is a key contributor to creating a more sustainable and just future, not just for ourselves, not just for our families, but for our communities at large. And so we use the word sustainability a lot. It can be an overused word. And, you know, in true lawyer form, let's define our term. What do we mean by sustainability precisely? So I looked up many definitions and one that I really enjoyed was from the UCLA Sustainability Committee, and they have defined sustainability as the integration. That means the combination or the synthesis of these areas, environmental health, social equity and economic vitality to create thriving, healthy, diverse and resilient communities for this generation and generations to come. So I think what I'm hearing from that definition of sustainability is that this is an integrated holistic approach. We can't just address the environment in, an, in, a, in, a, in a vacuum. We can't just address social equity in a vacuum. We can't just address economics in a vacuum. They all feed into and play into each other. So again, for us, sustainability means living in agreement with nature. We harmonize with the cycles. I am a big big proponent of syncing with the positions of the sun and moon in the sky. I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. I know that's not very common. Uh, however, for me, it works. It's like I've delegated my calendar to the, the natural bodies, um, the actual calendar that we use, January, February, March, April, so on and so forth. It is not necessarily tied or synced to the movement of the celestial bodies. So there's a disconnect there. And over the years, I have just, you know, adapted between both. However, my primary calendar is the movement of the sun, moon, bodies in the sky. And that is my decision. And that's how I run the law firm. So I really think it's important to harmonize with the cycles of the universe, its beauty, while understanding that we are just passing through this world. We have the resources here for our use in this present moment, but we also must be wise, or in other words, be concerned with preserving the natural balance of the ecosystems as we move through this world. So this begins in our inner life first, and then extends to our personal effects, our material possessions, how we're organizing those possessions, and then our service to the collective through the creation of sustainable conscious small business. Getting into right relationship with our personal material possessions first makes starting sustainable, scalable, and saleable, potentially, businesses a very systematic process. However, you know, many of us, we went through the K-12 public education system and we were not taught these things. And I don't want to get into a blame game about, oh, they should have taught us this, that, and a third. Because when you're in that K-12 environment, you realize why it's structured the way it's structured. There are a lot of historical inputs that went into the present current state of the system today. And so this is not about... Um, you know, pointing fingers. It's just a realization and observation that yes, these things are not taught, but the good news is, is that we can learn them now and we're focused on learning them now so that perhaps maybe your local sustainable, scalable business is the establishment of a public charter school or is the establishment of a private school that can challenge the current public school system in a way that will enroll students and shift education from the inside out or change the dynamics of the environmental resource usage in your local area from the inside out. But we do need people to step up and play a role in this. And a lot of times the barrier to entry is just not knowing, not having an example of how to do this because it could, especially without legal business training, it can just seem like a huge, huge task ahead of us. 
So we are looking to work with people, entrepreneurs who want to build businesses for a lifetime and beyond, not just a season. The statistic is over half of small businesses fail within the first five years. And we are looking for business owners who do not want to be part of that devastating statistic. Many people come to us with small businesses, but then they also do not have any estate planning. And you're like, what is estate planning? I came from a family. We do not have estate planning. Estate planning is from when you're old and okay, you know, maybe I need to put a will together and so on and so forth. However, when we think about the foundational requirements of the leadership in our society, estate planning is a given. Estate planning is a way that we account for and steward our individual resources, our family resources first, before we go out into the community and start to create businesses. Because if we don't have our own house in order, it's going to be very difficult to create a sustainable, scalable, saleable small business, which may turn into a medium or large business down the, down the line, if we don't understand the process at an individual level. And so that's why we exist. We help people and their businesses get in agreement with themselves, Mother Earth, through estate planning, sustainable small business planning, and tax planning. I was a math teacher in a former work life for eight years. I really enjoy math. Before, um, when I was in college, I was going to go to medical school and I did the whole entire pre-med thing and so on and so forth. I didn't go because I took the MCAT. I came into the car. I looked into the mirror and I was like, I don't want to wear scrubs for the rest of my life. <laughs> and that was like such a weird thing to think about at that moment. But, you know, that's what I thought. I was like, do I really want to wear scrubs? Do I really want to do a residency in the hospital? Do I really want to be under these fluorescent lights for how many years? And I just thought about myself. I was like, I will be slowly, slowly dying inside if I do that, even though I think it's a wonderful thing to go to medical school and to serve people in that way. It was just not for me. And I took a step of faith and I just went into the unknown and I started working as a consultant for many small businesses, um, holistic wellness practitioners, particularly acupuncturists at the time. And so to close, I just want to share three stories that really form the foundation of the vision here and the spirit behind Gaia Legal. I was raised in the United States of America, the Judeo-Christian tradition. My ancestors go the whole way back to the Mayflower, to the New England settlers. We have a direct line to one of the, the 50 people who survived um, traveling on the Mayflower and they settled in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And they, you know, went to New Hampshire and then Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area. And I do also have Jewish blood according to my ancestry DNA test and according to my 23andMe test. So I, you know, thinking about my ancestors that came from France and Germany, I could see how that could have happened. And even though they were practicing Catholics, a lot of the history of that region was while the Jews were being persecuted, a lot of them converted to a more dominant religion. Over the years, I have really, I haven't done the full out conversion process, but almost, I just didn't do the last couple parts, but I did all the study. But quite frankly, you know, I think that spirituality ultimately transcends any one of these uh, religions that, you know, your relationship with God, universe, source, divine is a personal one. And that while we can be informed and we can learn from all of these different traditions, ultimately we are responsible individuals for finding that best fit that's right for us. And for me, it was actually going through the conversion process without being converted. But I, you know, I was raised in 
a very country Christian church. And that is a huge part of who I am. So with that said, there are three parables or three concepts in um, the spiritual text of the Jewish people, both the Old and New Testament, that really drive the vision behind this. So the first one is the parable of the house built on the rock versus the house built on the sand. So basically that story is about two men built two houses, one built on a solid foundation, one built it on a not solid foundation and the rains came. And of course, whose house was still left standing was the man who built on the solid foundation. So I think there are a few things that are interesting in that parable. Number one, obviously you have the two differences in foundation. They were both able to build houses. So they were both able to have something that looked pretty similar However, they both experience then rain. So no matter how much we plan, prepare, execute perfectly in this lifetime, we are going through go, to go through periods where there is rain, where there is difficulty, where there is struggle. However, the person who had their house built on a foundation that was well thought out, that was solid, that was in relationship with the earth in which it was built on, they were able to withstand that that process. You know, they probably had to go inside, maybe get an umbrella. I don't know if they had umbrellas back then, <laughs> whatever they need to do to protect themselves from the elements. They had to take proper precautions. However, at the end of the storm, their house was still there versus, you know, the, the person with the house in the sand, their house was not there anymore. And I think that shows that, you know, we're all going to go through struggles. We're all going to have opportunities, but the foundations of what you are building in connection with the earth, because it's the house on the earth is really, really important. So that's number one. Number two is the parable of the talents. In that story, there's a landowner or someone who gave three people different sets of talents, different sets of ability, skills, financial resource, et cetera. We have one, three and five. And they went away and they, these three people, one, three and five all went out. And what's interesting is the people with the three and the five, it doesn't really matter the like absolute quantity of what they had. Um, You know, we all live in an economic capitalistic society environment. And there are certain skills and abilities that are just more economically viable because they are in greater demand and they require greater training or different types of mental training over time. And so they're just more valuable in an economic sense, maybe not in a moral sense or ethical sense, but in an economic sense, they're more valuable because they are in higher demand and there's low supply. So when there's high demand and low supply, the price of the service goes up. So that could be the person with the five talents. But the person with the three talents, both of them, it doesn't matter. They still produced a 100% return on their investment, a 100% return. So when we talk about percentages, they both basically did the same thing. They did the best they could with what they had. However, the person who had the least of all, they were so focused on, I don't have three and five, that they just complained and and put their their talent in the sand. It was like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to pl- complain about all the people out there. I'm going to complain about the government. I'm going to say, oh, woe is me. You know, nothing ever good comes my way and take like, you know, if you know, I don't know why this comes to my head, but like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, like I'm just going to bury my head in the sand and not do anything with the one thing that I have. And when the landowner came back, um, that obviously did not bode well for the person who had won. And not only did he, you know, scold him for not doing anything, he actually took that one little thing that person had and gave it to the person who had five because he's like, well, at least that guy, he has all the things in the world, but he knows how to produce a return on my investment. So I'm going to give it to him instead. And so I think that I remember being in church when that parable was read. I must have been, I wasn't definitely in elementary school. 
third grade or less. And I was just like in awe. And that has just like stuck with me ever since that moment. And of course, it really, you know, I'm an estate planner, a tax planner, and a small business um, consultant planner. So that really drives my work because no matter what we have, we all come into this world at different places, different socioeconomic statuses, which do matter. There is privilege. There is people are or have an easier time than others because of things outside their control. However, we can recognize those things. We can honor those things, but we cannot let those things bring us down so much that we fail to act where we can act. And that, you know, drives kind of the purpose behind Gaia Legal. And so the third parable or third principle from, you know, spiritual text of the Jewish people is this verse. I don't have the, it's just in my head. I don't have the reference right now, but I'm sure you can go to your favorite search engine and find it very quickly. But um, it is captured this idea in the Lord's Prayer, but there's also a verse in the Old Testament that says the same thing, but it is this, this principle of give me no more, give me no less, but just give me my daily bread. Make sure I have what I need for the day in which I need it. And that's all. And in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus expressly says, give us this day our daily bread. And I think in a practical sense, in a 21st or in the 21st century, a 21st century sense, this is all about cash flow. Where are the resources and material resource flow? Where are the resources that I have today? What am I doing with the money, the material possessions, the relationships, the things that I have today? I'm not worried about the future. I'm not worried about the past. I am looking at what I have today. What can I do with what I have today? And here at Guy Legal, this really invites us to be present in our circumstances and to know that for the most part, what I have is what I need and what I need is what I have. And when we're constantly operating in that state, we start realizing every day, what I have is what I need and what I need is what I have. Oh, like I always have what I need and I always need what I have. And actually you feel like you just like crack the code on life because you have this portal to freedom and you realize that all of the stress that is coming about is because I'm worried about what I could or could not have in the future, or I'm worried about what I did not or did not have in the past. And when we're able to really be present, and I, for me personally, I see this as connecting with your breath in the present moment. And it's just not like being so exasperated during the day and then, oh, okay, like at the end of the day, let me do my yoga pose. Let me like, oh, meditate and connect with my breath. Like, no, it's not about that. It's about doing that all the time. Like your life is a living meditation. You are always for the most part connected with your breath. You could be driving in the car. You could be in the grocery store. You can be wherever. And you know your inhales and exhales because that's just your steady state of being. You don't have to exit because your life is a med meditation. Like, yeah, there might be moments where you take moments for yourself or you have moments to reflect or you take a moment to pray. But I don't have to constantly be in this state of like, oh, let me go meditate dark room. No, I could meditate in the daylight with all this chaos around me because I am just that present and that grounded in my circumstance. And so that is no more, no less, but give me my daily bread, connect me with my breath in the present moment. So I'm able to be grounded with the earth and connected to the heavens and connected to the people, places, things, circumstances around me. So I have agency, I have authority over my circumstance. And yeah, the rains of life may come and there may things that, that are unexpected come up in my environment but I am able to adapt and flow because I have the resilience. I have the strategies to absorb that stress and to recover functionality in the midst of life storms.
So again, that's Gaia Legal. We offer one service right now and the one service only that is holistic legal planning and advice for small business owners in holistic wellness, spirituality, education and coaching spaces. This includes the intersection of estate planning, business planning and tax planning. Basically, we're like in-house legal counsel for small business, soul-led entrepreneurs who are committed to working in harmony, in sync, in agreement with the universe, Mother Earth and the diversity of its people, its wildlife, its plants and all of its resources. We work with people who believe that sometimes less is more and more can be less. And we work with people who are wanting to create lives and businesses that are lean, streamlined with strong internal processes and strong client relationships. And by doing that, we believe that that small act, that small contribution can really transform communities from the inside out break generational cycles, and lead people into becoming the people they know they are meant to be. I invite you to like or subscribe if this is something that you want to be a part of. We are here to provide these podcast episodes in short form to get you thinking, to get you inspired, to make sure that we are living lives that we want to live in the way in which we want to live it. So then we can take that overflow and pour it into others in the form of businesses that provide massive service to our local communities. Until next time, have a wonderful day.